Guys, I want to talk to you about attention to detail for a moment. What makes the dimples on a golf ball so important? What may seem insignificant, but without them, your ball wouldn't travel half as far as, or in Neil's case, attempt to go as straight. Those ball manufacturers measure to make sure each one of those dimples is right to within one thousandth of an inch. That's the kind of attention to detail you'll see in Cooper Discoverer's and Duramax SUV tire. From severe weather traction to durable tread technology, every last inch of the Enduramax is designed to give you the best ride possible for as long as possible. All Cooper tires are backed by a limited warranty, a 45-day test drive warranty, and select products are backed by Treadwear Mileage Warranty, helping to give you confidence on the road. For complete product and warranty details, please visit www.coopertires.com or www.coopertires.ca. And remember, go with the Coopers. Folks, welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. This episode is a combination of Barnboogle Dunes and Lost Farm at the Barnboogle uh, Resort in Tasmania. Uh, this is from our trip to Australia uh, three years ago now in the December, uh, November time period of 2017 from a January 2018 podcast that we did uh, repurposed here on the Crash Course feed. Uh, enjoy. Next day was probably the day that we had circled the most. Uh, we had arranged to take a little plane from very little plane, very like little the plane size of this kitchen table that we're from, recording at right from now. From Moorabbin Airport in Melbourne, um, Melbourne, sorry, um, that's going to fly us to Tasmania uh, to play Barnboogle Dunes and Lost Farm. Uh, Tasmania about about an hour and a half flight from uh, from Melbourne. Which is about an hour longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was like a. I think I think you just got shook when the distress call went out. Over How about the, that. All right. On so, the comms. Well, so we show up at six. We've you know scheduled. So kind of adding up costs on how this was going to work. We could either fly commercial from Melbourne Airport to Tasmania, rent two cars essentially to get drive ninety minutes and get to the golf course. Uh, adding up those costs versus what it costs per person to just rent a plane, it was going to cost us like seventy-five to a hundred dollars more or something to rent the plane. Plus, time was of the essence. Oh, and it's yeah. it's it's it, yeah, irreplaceable times. So we were like, let's let's rent a plane, and we did it. And I've never I've never flown private before. Like that was that was pretty wild. It's it's not as glamorous as probably you see on like. <laughs> well, tour I, I, yeah, I would say like, it wasn't, a, wasn't it's the NetJets plane. Charter, I would say charter instead of private. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Very big distinction yeah. there. Yes, that's 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 a good difference. Um, we booked it for this six a.m. This was like a nineteen sixty-five. Like there was duct tape. Piper, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah, so we show up at at the airport. Um, we won't say the name of the airline because I think they gave us some money back. But uh, the the pilot was extraordinarily late. Um, so we're just sitting. But the, there Not no his booking. fault. There yeah. was no booking. Like they didn't confirm our booking. And oh, right. We had paid. They had charged yeah. us. But they, their their system was kind of getting changed over or something, and then our booking was not there. But we're so like, all right, if there. they charge us, then you <laughs> they, know they know we're coming, yeah. right? Um, so we're waiting for about two and a half hours on the runway. Just uh, Neil and I are playing spacky sack. Uh, it was a crisis. And- we could laugh about it now, but I was I was kind of freaking <laughs> it's all out. Stress. It's all, it was, it's all it was I was kind of in charge of this leg of the trip, and uh, uh, yeah, but it, you know it worked out fine. And so we ended up getting a pilot, Nick the Stick. Uh, shows up, great guy. Meanwhile, Zach's like, "All right, all right, we're gonna go back and we're gonna play Victoria again." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so we take off, and, and what's so, a, what's Nick think of golf? 
Yeah, we asked, we, we asked Nick, we get started, you know, it's six of, you know, hardcore golf fans flying to this super remote golf resort. We're like, Nick, you know, you like golf? No, I actually quite dislike golf. <laughs> Like, oh, all right. Did all right. Nick work at uh, St. Andrew's Beach as well? He worked the pro shop. <laughs> he did, yeah. He, he kind of moonlit as a, okay. as a charter pilot. Um, that's why he was late, I think. He couldn't speed getting there. Uh, so we showed up, and, you know, we're, we're taking off, and, and, you know, we need... It's like a, an eight-person plane, I guess. Uh, and so we need someone to sit in kind of like the co-pilot seat, I guess. Um, which, by the way, there's only one pilot, so, like, if he has a heart attack... Like we're done, yeah. just toast, toast. Um, so, because I'm sitting in the co-pilot seat and we're we're cruising, and I got the headset, I'm dialed into the comm. I've seen like Air Force One or yeah, executive <laughs> decision. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, a like when was this plane built? This seems like very uh, very old. He's like, oh, this one's probably probably mid 70s. And I'm like, oh god. He's like, no, they're very well maintained. I'm like, okay, all right, well that's cool. Which actually talking to some people, apparently that's totally. Yeah. Totally yeah. normal. Yeah. Um, so we're cruising, and there's a bunch of chatter in the head in the headset. And he goes, "You know, you hear uh, you hear what these people are talking about in the headset." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know what any of that means." He's like, "Oh yeah, someone just sent out an emergency signal." He's like, "Don't worry, it doesn't affect us." I'm like, "Oh, Ugh. like that's <laughs> well." Meanwhile, we're we're over the Bass Strait, which yeah. is, you know, probably what hundred, probably a hundred miles yeah. of. of uh, open water yeah it's like the roaring 40s i guess they call it it's like this very you know kind of wild uh kind of wacky weather area couldn't have had a better day it was like 75 no, was, degrees yeah. and it sunny was perfect so we landed we land on the dirt runway oh, at, but so you fly over in yeah. between the two courses like there's yeah. this like kind of river that separates the lost farm property from barnbugle dunes and i think they take you in on that route like to kind of tease you like it was <laughs> such a cool sick like low view yeah of the golf course, of the property. You get your first sight of it just carved into the dunes like that, and then you just like bank left and land on a dirt runway right next to the golf course. Like, that that part of the of the trip was a thrill. Like it was just awesome. Like it was that whole yeah, to get that view of it and to, you just you travel kind of to get unique golf experiences and to take like a plane with your buddies and have it be super late and show up <laughs> and go to this remote island that, you know, was probably as far from home as any of us had ever been. Like that was, that was the highlight. We were of in trip. Tasmania. Yeah. <laughs> we said that probably, at least I said it probably five times throughout the we day. We landed and I'm like, yo, Neil, like every step we take, we're taking steps on Tasmania. <laughs> Can you believe that? But it looked like the, I mean, you get out there and it, like it kind of looks like the Caribbean. It kind of looks like Vietnam. It kind of looks, like Hawaii, it looks kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah like Scotland in certain areas. <laughs> yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, just gorgeous place. So we landed and we were walking down the first fairway 32 minutes after the wheels <laughs> of the plane touched down. It's like you put your clubs like in the wings. They have to balance. Yeah. Like sometimes they'll move a bag from like, oh, this needs to go on the other side of the plane because we're, we're unbalanced. There's clubs in the nose of the plane. <laughs> There's clubs like in the back, just like in the seat next to you. And you just like some, somebody from the club is there to pick you up and they take you right in and just like you send you off and you go. And it's like. And they did a good job of getting us out in front of a big group of Japanese tourists yes that were yes there was quite a quite a bit they're like yeah we're gonna hustle you guys off <laughs> um all credit to the those guys behind us were on our tail I know they were I flying know. kind of felt bad I know <laughs> yeah don't stereotype um so yeah so apparently I didn't stereotype no no not you just people in general yeah. you people <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Um, apparently, they get about 40 days a year in Tasmania, like the day we got. Like, I was looking at the, in summer in the forecast. Like after we left, there was like a 47 degree like high day. I, I was kind of disappointed. Our weather was so good. It was amazing. Did, all right. Well, to that end, so the wind was probably 10, 15 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gusting. Yeah, 20. Nothing. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, imagine playing that place with anything more. Barn Bugle Dunes, that is. is the first course we played, which is the dope course. Imagine playing that in the wind. There were a couple shots where we just got boned <laughs> by like, you know, difficult, difficult shots, difficult carries, difficult, all kinds of different things. And I can't imagine playing that place. You go through a dozen balls playing that place in anything more than that. So after we play, I was of all the courses, I was probably most looking forward to playing Barn Boogle Dunes. Same. Cause I was just like, I'm like, all right, this is gonna be sick. And then like, by the end of it, I was just like, Oh my God, Janela's right. Like, <laughs> Doke's insane. <laughs> He's a sadist. Like you know, just the greens and my other you know. But then on the flip side, like I probably knew the least about Lost Farm, and that was I think Lost Farm was probably my second favorite course of the trip. Yeah, same. Um, I, I feel the exact same way. It was there were so many shots on Barnbogle Dunes that I mean, you and I played together. We were talking about it throughout, and it was. I mean, it was like, there are so many shots that make you like never want to play golf again. Like you hit this shot and you're like, this is impossible. There's zero chance that I can pull this off. And whether that's because you left yourself in the wrong spot. And that spot, was on a good weather day. Yeah. Whether that's because you left yourself in the wrong spot, you know, sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. But, uh, but then there were also so many shots like the, was it 13? The Sitwell Green? Yeah. Where you, I could have stood on that tee and hit a thousand balls in or a row. Or number four, that there's like one of the craziest short par fours I've yeah. ever played in my entire life. Five was kind of like the Redani ish. Yeah, kind of and then number twelve was that Redani short four on the back. Yeah, um, I mean there were so many shots. The par where fives were great. There was so, like my uh, just emotional. It was an emotional roller coaster going through there, which I guess is a compliment. Uh, but there was like number eight we played was the super long par four. That you hole hit, you hit a, sucked. You I hit a perfect drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, I don't even want to talk about that hole. <laughs> but the, that hole, I walked off the green. And I was like, "This is this is the worst course I've ever played in my life." What? I'm number eight. Just uh, oh. that one hole isolated. You guys only. are killing me. And then they and had. I play number ten, and I was like, "This is the best course I've ever played." <laughs> but in, in the middle life. of that, can we talk about the sandwiches they had at the oh, turn? Oh God, so good. The cucumbers they had on oh, them—they were was fantastic. Yeah. So we meet. Uh, I was playing with ZB and Dan in the group ahead of you guys. And like every time we look back, you guys look like you were like on the Oregon trail. Like you guys, <laughs> I'm like walking down defeated. an alternate fairway. I'm, I'm looking for, first of all, they're like, Neil had typhoid you, fever. You play, you play everything <laughs> lateral just cause you don't yeah, want to uh, go. An Irish drop. They call it. Yeah. Cause you, you'll get fucking killed by <laughs> snakes. If you go into the, uh, so I'm, I'm like, I'm, no, I know that name. Snakes. I'm spooked going in on like number three. I'm walking down like an alternate <laughs> <right>. fairway. <laughs> And then, like I come, like Solly's trying to get this drone shot. You, well, you had gar- you had guaranteed victory over Neil. Yeah, this day, by the way, <laughs> and you started out, you'd like tripled the first like three holes or something. Oh, obviously, yeah, I was out of my mind, and uh, and then I, I end up. So I'm like walking down the adjacent fairway, and I walk up to number four, but I'm looking for my ball, like over in the dunes, and. I'm like spooked about snakes. And then all of a sudden there's these two, I guess they were wallabies because we were in Tasmania. <laughs> and I, I just like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> like I just, I it was just popped out of the brush. Yeah. I thought my life flashed before my eyes. 
Um, and Neil had been doing this, like there's this kangaroo sanctuary Instagram account. <laughs> and Neil had been doing this impression of Roger, like one of the, he's the like, alpha. he's like, this is my beautiful boy, Roger. And he's like, Roger used to be our alpha. And Roger just flexes. But when, yeah. When you're the alpha kangaroo, you just flex all day, every day. And they're just these yoked. Testosterone laden. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you know, that's like flashing in my head and everything. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's how our experience. Yeah, was. what about like, you? That's what I said. I, like we were like two holes ahead of you guys at one point. And I like was trying to get you guys on video. I was like wave, and you guys just like gave like the most half-ass wave. <laughs> you were searching for balls the whole time. I, in the group ahead, we had like a, a very different impression of the course. Like I thought, I actually like didn't play very well, but kind of thought it was almost too easy. Like I, I didn't feel like I was hitting it very well, and I was like, wow, I've, I didn't I have, have that impression. Eight foot putt for Bert. <laughs> how do I have a putt for birdie here? Yeah, it was weird. ZB shot like 66. Maybe it was just kind of like... Well, we walked up, so he bogeyed the last, yeah. right, to shoot 66. And someone's like, oh, what's the... Uh, so what's the course record out here? that I got 65. He's, <laughs> He's like, like, oh, shit. damn it. <laughs> um, maybe it's just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just kind of pacing next to him helped make it seem easier or whatnot. But uh, I don't know. I thought you guys, and we'll get into Lost Farm. I think everyone was kind of quick to, quick to say Lost Farm was like by far in a way better than Dunes. But I think... Maybe that kind of came with, with I, I think I like Dunes a lot more than, than most of the group did, but I thought there were so many. John, you made a fair point. You said, like, it felt like some with some of the slopes, like they just weren't shaved quite enough to, like, affect yeah, the greens. To use your ball to get down to pins and stuff. Like yeah, that. like if there was a punch bowl or if there was a redan or, like, like on the Sitwell green, like you want to play, you know, or chipping, you want to play your shot up up a slope and really use the slopes. and. You couldn't because your, your ball wouldn't come all the way down the slope. Yeah. And, it was fe- and it was fescue grass. So it was kind of, you know, especially when it's summer down there, like they can't really, they can't really shave it down because it'll just die. Yeah. Um, so I think that was kind of for, It has to be such a fine line for them to walk, though, because yeah. not only just kind of agronomically when, you know, trying to get it that fast and kind of teetering on the edge, but also just pace of play and all right. that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's resort golf. It's it is. Yeah, it's like a... And, and so that kind of brings me to another point, which is... Just something that kind of clicked with both of those courses. They're they're both so um, they're so about position and so about kind of your second time around would be so much easier than your first, which is almost kind of backwards a little bit in that you know it's it's kind of this bucket list resort course that you're going to play like one time. Well, so I, I don't know how I feel about that. It's kind of weird that apparently we did it wrong. Apparently people go for and like nobody plays it once. Like yeah, you always well, go and true, play more than once. Yeah. We were kind of on a tighter schedule, but in in hindsight, yeah, I would have loved. And we and we did squeeze in some extra holes at Lost Farm and stuff, and like uh, kind of do yeah. After so, you, some of us did. Yeah, some of us did. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. I thought I thought there was you know four or five like really great holes out there. The fourth and the seventh on the like seventh was like the hardest short part three I've ever played. Yeah. So talk. All right. So describe that hole for someone who's never seen. It's it. like 120 yards dead into the wind, and it wasn't the strongest wind, but it was. An, I hit my 150 club. Like it's it was a Stokes enough. take on postage yeah. stamp yeah. with like this crowned green, and it, it was. I think it like, played like 130, 125, 130 yeah. yards. I hit like a knockdown six iron or seven iron came up short i was in this like with no win. i was with, in like position a quote unquote no yeah win. i like i was like choked down to the metal and then made a six from the place to be quote unquote. <laughs> i hit it there's the two bunkers that are left of the green are the the worst bunkers to hit in probably in golf like they are so <laughs> deep and it's just like beach sand like you can't even get yeah. your ball i could barely find my ball I, I picked up after six shots. I, I disagree that that was the worst bunker because we'll get to Metropolitan. But Oh, yeah. 
that, like, that, was, that was my other complaint about the course was the, bunker. the bunkers oh my god it was like the sahara desert yeah. it was some were not it's yeah, kind it of a, i don't know it's kind of a weird philosophical i'm question, cool with bunkers being peni- super penal and hard and like it should be a penalty you hit it in a bunker it's a hazard but like there was no skill involved right. in getting it out you it just too, had to too random it was like hitting it into a children's sandbox like yeah. you lost a ball you almost lost a ball <laughs> in one of them <laughs> So, because there was so yeah. much sand. Yeah. Can true. we talk about how number we, seven? By the way, I thought I made it. Like I, I, I was like, that's an ace. Yeah. And I made a seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we talk about how we finished our round and went into the clubhouse and this Tuesday afternoon now and and we watched Monday Night Football. Like, <laughs> how sweet! How great was like the accommodation? And, it was like, like the Raiders setup? Chiefs, yeah. I think. Or? Like it was, and I think you made the point, dude. You said like this place is like Mike Kaiser has Mike Kaiser written all over it. Totally. He was like involved in the building of this course and in in some kind of undisclosed financial capacity. But uh, it's like you know we kind of talked about when we talked about Stream Song, like the vibe of like the hotel and things weren't really our tempo. Like it's just not what you needed for a golf just trip. Too, there's just there's some ancillary stuff that's. And they do group business and meetings yeah. and all that, so they need that there. But like this was just pure golf, yeah. like in the in the vein of Bandon. And that's what anybody who's been to Bandon knows exactly what we're talking about. In that, there's just absolutely no, there's no like excess or no, no pretension or anything. It's just purely like, what do you want? You want a cold beer and like a comfortable chair? Here you go. Boom. That's it. And and you just don't ever want anything more. It's, right. The rooms were like that, you know. And and I think. Um, you know, Kaiser or someone has, has talked about that kind of at length too, where it's like, you know, what do you need? You need a comfy bed and, you know, a place to get dressed. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're not going to spend go- time in your You're going to be on the golf course. A shower with decent time. water yeah, pressure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, the way the rooms were set up, they were double, there were two beds in it, but like kind of had the, the they were offset. Yeah. yeah and like a, the shape of the room was kind of like a, I don't, I don't know how you describe it, but like you felt like yeah. two different rooms. You're in yeah. the same room. And there's villas. There's kind of these cool villas over by, over at, Barnbuckle Dunes, and they're probably what a ninety-second drive apart. Yeah, Dunes and Lost Farm, but like Lost Farm's kind of the main compound, and they've got the restaurant up on the hill. That's sweet. We'll get to that. But then, like, just the the sports bar, and they've got like pizza. And, but yeah. it's a simple menu. It's like ridiculous pizza, pizza but, cold beer, and then they they've got like a, a sports like book. a sports <laughs> yeah, book. You can there. bet on horses and shit. <laughs> you can bet on horses. You can bet on greyhounds. You can bet on probably anything it was just yeah. that was perfect like we you know it's well documented now that we got our ass kicked on barnboogle dunes in the morning and that like, you couldn't have had a better spot to just go and kind of yeah. you know kick your feet up so to speak at lunch and just just melt into a chair and have some cold beers and yeah. just relax it was perfect and we talked about kind of the remote destination that this place is like it's it's there's people there there's definitely was not dead but their t-sheet is never going to be full like you're just kind of, you are kind of in the middle of nowhere uh so we went out for an afternoon tea time at lost farm like can we play a six them like what was the yeah the dude's name in the roscoe show? roscoe, roscoe. Shout out yeah. to, big guy, shout out to yeah, roscoe the, the pro <laughs> yeah, he lives it lives on site he's worked there since it opened just awesome guy i believe he's the director of golf there yeah yeah oh. um and so we got us, we got a caddy and uh, shout out shout out to Bill Bill <laughs> not the I wild mean, Bill maybe not technically the best caddy I've ever had but I don't know if I he was had a good companion fun. yeah yeah <laughs> great companion so quick well let's we'll get into Lost Farm but uh, go ahead yeah let's I mean Lost Farm it's time uh, well first of all what's the one word on Barnbubble oh. Dunes 
Mine's going to be um, uh, conflicting, I think. I would say close. Like, it's close to being really, really, really good. I think yeah. it's really good, but it's, like, close to being absolutely stellar. Like, if, if you put, like, not if I compared, like, Barnboogle Dunes to Tar 80, both dope courses, both kind of in similar settings, like, Tar 80 is, like, is Barnboogle Dunes, but everything is a little bit better. Yeah. I'd say volatile. Volatile. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Um, Lost Farm. Lost Farm might... I don't know. It might have been my favorite of the trip that we played. I mean, Royal Melbourne, the more I think about it, the more I like it, and the more it kind of dawned on me just how good it was. Um, but Lost Farm was one where you look at it and immediately are just blown away. And you would say it, it, it's a shower. It is. It is a big-time shower. Um, but there's substance, too. I mean, it yeah. was like every hole. Out, I mean, not every hole, but for sure the first six and then you know a pretty good-sized handful of holes on the back nine were just phenomenal mm -hmm. and uh, I'll let you guys speak to those a little bit more but um, yeah I, I absolutely I thought it. Zach was going to have a stroke he almost I thought did. he was yeah it was one of the many times where he declared something being the best he's ever seen in his life I believe it was the best six hole oh, six hole stretch he's ever he's seen ever start. seen in his life ever seen every hole number one was the best hole he'd ever seen until so, he saw number two until he saw two. number three <laughs> comparing the two like Lost Farms probably more defined by being wider I didn't think Barnbill Dunes was narrow by any means but like it is wide at yeah. Lost Farm. Like it is clear, like Core Crenshaw intentionally designed like a super wide fairways. You're not going to be looking for your golf ball. Um, and it, there's a bunch of just core, just core, just core, just core. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's the, it starts with like a par four and a half and then like a par, it's like 330, 340 yard par four. And then like a 260 yard par four. Like it starts kind of with some really interesting holes. And then you play this little tiny par three, and like it is like a thrilling stretch. I think the combination of us playing as a sixum, like all together, us not having really expectations for the course, like contributed to this euphoric of like when we got to four T, yeah, four T. You go up this rise and you see this amazing view. Like Dan almost made a hole in one on that whole hole. Like it was, and it's like what, like one hundred and ten yards, maybe yeah, one hundred and twenty yards. I, mean, I was, chipped in for birdie and no one saw it or believed <laughs> allegedly, me. Allegedly, you know? yeah. Um, yeah. But like these, all these modern courses that are built in these scenes, they do such a great job of giving you a few walks that you really remember. Like if you, you feel yourself rise after this third green and you're like, okay, this is going to be sick what yeah. we're about to see. And that's what I thought Barnacle did a bad job of. I never, I think Zach pointed this out because I, I don't usually notice things like this, but like the walk just wasn't good. It wasn't routed well to walk, and I'm sure there are a million reasons why that's the case. There were some gaps. There, there were some weird long walks that you had to take, and weird like crazy steep hills you had to climb. And uh, Lost Farm just felt. I mean, it, was it felt more, it felt more cohesive. Yeah. yeah, for me. Yeah, I, I kind of I challenged Zach on that. He was, he was making the points like, why are we walking back towards this tee? Is like, I don't, to me, nothing I get gets him more fired up than walking back. To yeah, that. that's a point. But I felt like I was like, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just kind of giving Doke more of the benefit of the doubt. But I'm like, he's probably. In his mind, I'm going to use the best parts of the land yeah, for the yeah. best possible golf holes. That means you walk a little bit longer. Like I don't think people are in a huge hurry out here. You That's know true. what I mean? So I do think you know Barnbugle Dunes was probably the better overall piece of land, just because there was more, there was some more movement to it. But like that little stretch, because it's kind of a long, like the river bisects the two, and then I don't know, man. I that scene in Forrest Gump when like Forrest gets to Vietnam. And he's like in the shitter or whatever, but you see like the helicopters going over. It's like the rice paddies. Like 
that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. The view from Lost Farm, like out over the owner's cattle ranch and out to the mountains in the distance, like, and the river's kind of right there. Like I almost felt, you know, felt like we were, you know, in Vietnam. I mean, the it was, Viet Cong were coming. It was crazy. <laughs> I think that was another, and that's like number three, four, five, six, like that little piece of the property out there. I keep, uh, I keep bouncing back and forth on my take here, I think, but that was another point that maybe Zach made was barn bugle dunes. When you look back and think about it, it, it doesn't stand out, but it also comprehensively, I mean, there were not many, if any bad holes on it, maybe number eight, eight. notwithstanding. Yeah. Uh, but, but it I mean, didn't have to be a bad hole. It didn't. And it, but it was, it had like a, just this weird mound of rough right in the middle of the fairway. And then, but when you look at like lost farm, I, I felt like there were a couple of the highs were way higher and the lows were lower. Well, that's what, that's why I say Barnbugle dunes had a much better yeah. piece of property because yeah, yeah. it didn't, those... it didn't have to use, like, I feel like the, the, the uh, composite course <laughs> between the two would be. Like you'd have to take a boat between the river, but I mean that would be lit. Yeah, I thought yeah, beginning of Lost Farm in, insane, end of Lost Farm insane mm-hmm. too. Like some of those stretches, like twelve, thirteen, fourteen. There, fourteen's like this drivable four going right at the ocean from an elevated T. Like you see the ocean in the background, and like crazy. The, the short fours we played on this trip were just out of this world. I thought the par fives we played were awesome too, for the most part. Yeah, I mean. I thought the par fives were a bit underwhelmed, just in general. Oh yeah, I felt like the par fives were. I thought the par fives at Barnwood Dunes were fantastic. Yeah, but yeah, overall, but like, <laughs> but like, but yeah, like overall on the trip, I thought the par threes were. It was. Yeah. We didn't play a whole lot of long par threes. It was all, you know, six, seven, eight <laughs> irons. We didn't make a whole lot of birdies either. No, and they were tough, man. Yeah. They were ball busters. It was but, like great examples of just don't need a par three to be super long to be tough or challenging or interesting. The, the whole trip. I mean, it was kind of like. We joked about by the end of Melbourne, like I'm, I'm sick of looking at these beautiful part threes. Like, everyone is yeah. sick. The best, I mean, for me, the highlight of the entire trip was standing on when we got to number five T. Yeah. So number, <laughs> so number five at Lost Farm is, it's probably four twenty, four forty. Don't ask Bill. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, kind of this harsh dog leg to the right, but around uh, this giant. Just, just kind of a it's like a hundred foot mound. Yeah, just yeah. but like a singular mound. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a lot of mounding. It was just this one giant dune, and the and then, whole the whole all wraps around it. And, and then the river, and the river to goes the right. to the right, and you're you're standing on the tee, and we're all looking at it. We're like, oh, cool. This looks it's kind of a semi blind tee shot. Like this is pretty cool. And we're looking over, and we're kind of scanning to the right, and all of a sudden you can see the way that they built it was they were using this intentional kind of notch, this this little vacancy that gets notched out of the dune. And you can just see a peak of the flag stick you're going for. And Zach saw that, and I, like, we pointed it out to him. We're like, oh, you can see the flag over there. And Zach, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the best yeah. hole I've ever seen he, in my life. He had a seizure at that point. <laughs> he did. And I mean, he was, on, he was laying on the ground in the fetal position. That was, that was the hole where Bill really, uh, really kind of showed, showed some weakness <laughs> in that we had five balls kind of on the same line. Well, Bill said he'd never caddied well, so, for yeah, anybody. So we had five balls on the same line. He's like, oh, all those are out. Uh, those are all dead. You guys are going to retee. We're like, ah, we'll just drop up there. It's fine. And we got out and all five of them were in the fairway. Bill's like, we're like, Bill, what the hell, man? He's like, yeah, uh, guys, I'm going to level with you. I've never had anybody play the tips before. <laughs> like, how long have you worked here? Eight years. Like, oh. Yeah. He's like, yeah, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of flying blind here a little bit, guys. <laughs> I All think right, it cool. was already at this point we had agreed 
that we were going to wake. We had an eight o'clock flight the next morning. We agreed we were going to wake up early and come play more golf yeah. at Lost Farm. Like it was, we were having just in, way too much fun. That was when, so what was, uh, and then number eight was the par five, right? Well, Bill said, first of all, <laughs> Bill said that he told us this story about Adam Scott having played it. Yeah. And, and it was, it was like a 308. 80 yard carry to get to the green. I guess it was downhill. Yeah, it, was like it was like downhill downwind. Yeah. Zach, like it's like a 400 and something, 440 yard yeah. par four. But if you cut like across the, across the river, I guess Adam Scott got it on the green. Yeah. <laughs> it was like incomprehensible. Yeah, yeah. You can't picture that. Shot. And uh, so we're playing and, and Zach is kind of, kind of floundering a little bit not not the start he was looking for he was trying to set the course he, he was like all right i let this course record get away yeah. from me of armagul dunes i think the course record was 60 65 65 or 66 again yeah and uh so yeah he was he was trying to he, he was not you know having the start he wanted and he goes bill you know we gotta we gotta get going man like what what's the next birdie hole and we're this is like when we're walking off seven green what's what's the next birdie hole he's oh the next one par five you could definitely make birdie. You should definitely be able to get there in three. No problem. <laughs> oh Bill, I don't know if you've caddied for a lot of tour players before either. But And I mean, <laughs> we know Zach is Mr. What, T, T-197. T-197, yeah. driving distance. But it, actually, he stopped using T's midway through yeah. Well, this was no T Tuesday. Yeah, it was no T Tuesday. Yeah, and he was he was pumping it. I mean, I've never seen him hit it farther than yeah. he hit it at Bar Moogle. All right, so what's the one word? For me, it's just euphoric. Thrilling. Thrilling was what I was going to say. Loved everything about it. Every shot was fun. It's more memorable than Barnbuckle did. It's a sensual. Yeah. Sure. Sensory overload. That's 14. I feel like we we had so much emphasis on those first six holes that we kind of lost. Like 14 and 15 were incredible. Can we talk about the fact that it was 20 holes? Oh, that's right. right. (laughs) I forgot about that. that. (laughs) Uh, So there's two. There's like, what, 14A and... 13A, uh, there's 13A, 18A, 18A, 18A. 18A. and uh, they're both kind of shortish par threes. Uh, I thought 13A was fantastic. So cool. That was, I mean, it was just great land movement and uh, cool green, gnarly fall offs on on every side. I think the light helped too, like it was late in the day. And and then 18A, I was less, less enthralled with. We were done. We were pretty, that was 38th hole of the day. By then, but, uh, yeah, it was so the story. Correct me if I'm wrong. We sat down with Richard Sattler, the the owner of of the resort, and he was kind of explaining it. And he was talking about you know when when Bill Core was doing the routing, he's kind of like you know here basically like it's up to you. You know we can we got 20 holes out here. You know let's let's pick the best 18. And I forget if it was Kaiser or who it was that finally convinced him. Like, dude, just just build all 20. Like, who cares? Yeah. This, yeah. this place has no rules. <laughs> and uh, so they did. And yeah, it's just you can play awesome. him if you want. You can skip him if you want. You do whatever. Well, that was kind of a theme too of just Australian golf courses. I mean, half the courses we played had nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Holes, Metro, and yeah, Kingston they did a great Heath jo- just had. They did there. a great job of kind of having basically like an alternate hole. So whenever they needed to do maintenance, whenever they needed to shut a hole down, it was always okay. But, cool. The alternate holes in play. Today. But but you don't feel shortchanged. No, by the not at all. And, and all the alternate holes were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd be kind of pissed if the alternate hole wasn't well, like a part Kingston of the. Heath, they don't they don't include number ten, the short par three, which was like maybe my favorite hole in the golf course. They mm-hmm. don't include that when they play tournaments there, yeah. which seems like a huge miss. It was like so cool, uh, but I don't know. Too sure many good par threes. Yeah, I'm sure they know something we don't. 
Let's get to uh, let's get to the massacre at Metro, should we? Well, real quick, we, I'm going to say it was awesome. We got to sit with Richard, like you said, oh, and God, have some yeah. beers in there, and just kind of you know we had a reservation for the restaurant. So it was a restaurant that overlooks like the 15th hole. So you it, should give some background on this dude, like because a yeah. lot of people, you know, you don't typically build a golf resort uh, unless you know something about golf. That is not the case, right? With Richard, uh, we did talk about it some on the on the last podcast with Michael Clayton. How because uh, oh, right. Clayton uh, yeah. was kind of built in, kind of involved in the in the design of this course and the finding of this land. And this guy Greg Ramsey had seen this land and basically had to work to convince a lot of people that they should build a world class golf course there. And it was kind of like this was around the time that you know Bannon had just had just started and had been successful. It wasn't there weren't four courses at Bannon and in the kind of the resort that it is now, but. Uh, it wasn't really until Mike Kaiser got involved that helped bring this project together and kind of essentially say something along the lines of, don't worry about the financing. We'll make it work. People will come to this and, uh, partnered in again, in some capacity with the course, but this was Richard Sattler was a potato farmer. Didn't know dick about golf. Like he didn't know a single thing. Born and raised in on the land, basically in Tasmania. And just, you know, I asked him, I was like, could you have ever pictured like 20 years ago that this would be like a world-class golfers? He's like, no, I didn't like know what golf. I mean, didn't say that, but like had never played golf before, knew nothing about it was completely hands off in the design, which is kind of like a dream when it, for somebody like Doak and core and and Bill core, like come in and are able to do kind of whatever they want. They don't have to answer to, to the owner about, you know, specifics that they want about, par 72 or this has to be like this and um and yeah and it was kind of cool to just sit and talk with him and we had a reservation for that restaurant and like, we, were, we were way late and he's just like you know he's I, like yeah i, I know somebody. i know i know some people yeah, up there totally like you're fine i i like i also think we shouldn't i think it's unfair to just characterize him as a potato farmer and a cattle farmer even though that's like right. what he is but like he's I, I felt like he was an exceptionally Sharp. Oh yeah. Um, he worked in what, what's hotel history too? Yeah, like he owned a hotel in Hobart, yeah. down in kind of the capital of Tasmania, and then you know just just because I think the the for right or wrong the stereotype of Tasmania within Australia is kind of like that of you know maybe Kentucky or like sorry Sally like West Virginia, hey. <laughs> you know kind of like Appalachia. It's like the backwoods, yeah. like Appalachia. Uh, they're like, oh yeah, they have like. Three. Oh, you're going out of town. Yeah, Ooh. they have three heads down there. Yeah. You know, it was all like mining and lumber and stuff down there, and uh, you know, and and actually, like you know, the people are you know the people were fantastic that we met. Like, oh, I totally. I want to go back to Tasmania and just see the island and just spend yeah. five or six days exploring. But that's what you talk to a lot of the people that either worked on the project or or whatever, and you could tell that you know they all kind of said the same thing. Like, yeah, Richard likes to. When it's convenient for him, he likes to kind of lean into the like the oh shucks I'm a I'm a potato farmer I don't know any better, uh, but he's yeah he's like this Bright like guy, shrewd yeah. brilliant <laughs> business guy who knows exactly what he's doing and yeah he was you'll awesome see him in the video yeah. you'll see him in the video um, but yeah the restaurant too it sits up on this this crazy like the top of this dune and people just watch you play was that 15 yeah, yeah i think so yeah. yeah and and the way the sun hits it and everything like you're looking out over the ocean and then 15 and the sunset it, it's insane it's just like formulaic like yeah. they, they, the, the what they do with the views in these places like i don't know it just looks like this is exactly how it's meant to be like, yeah. yeah and uh so yeah we loved it so much we went out and played six more holes the next morning at 5 30 in the morning like we slept less than four hours i think and um went <laughs> you, out. you guys slept yeah tron yeah. slept eight <laughs> i was low t man <laughs> and then richard put us in the van and we drove down to the airstrip and we took off back to the mainland the stick stayed overnight yeah uh-huh. despite quite disliking golf <laughs> he stayed overnight and uh yeah flew us back 